0: What's going on, fam? This is Ellie G. I wanted to take a minute to talk about our feature on Canister Magazine. This week, Freedom is a guest connoisseur and talks a little bit more about the podcast. So check it out. Check us out on Canister Magazine, spelled C A N N A S S E U R M A G A Z I N E dot com dot M X. Canister Magazine, exclusively sophisticated. And now back to your regularly
1: scheduled. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Blue Dream Radio, the People's Cannabis Podcast, a weekly podcast giving communities of color a dose of the real deal in the cannabis industry. Learn with us, smoke with us, and join us as we bring truth to power what's going on my cannabis people and welcome to a new episode of blue dream radio we're here coming to you live and direct from unreal connecticut uh with owner of huepa hemp farms luis vega luis <laughs> what up uh and this is your co-host L. G.
2: and this is your co-host um freedom all right so with that introduction can you introduce what what is this what, what, what's the name of your company? Where are we what what, what's we the doing? name of your company <laughs> you, yeah. and who are
1: you and how you got into into this business? Um, so my name is Luis Vega. I am Puerto Rican American from New York City originally. <laughs> I went to the University of New Haven for my undergraduate degree in Connecticut met my wife. in love and we stayed here in Connecticut (laughs) Um, about six years ago I started in CBD sales with a college buddy from the west coast Uh, we started to grow a a CBD line of transdermal patches tinctures um, and different type of medibles in the CBD realm as Connecticut opened up its laws and made industrial hemp growth for CBD a legal agricultural Mm -hmm. option. Um, We got really excited and worked towards the legalization of cannabis with uh, Jason Ortiz uh, from the Minority Cannabis Mm -hmm. Cannabis Business Association as well as Cure Connecticut uh, which are advocacy groups for the legalization of adult use cannabis here in Connecticut. During that same time industrial hemp was getting a momentum with the 2018 Farm Bill and Connecticut not implementing a hemp industry program from the 2014 Farm Bill. It now came to the point where we made sure we spoke with our representatives and worked with them and they were able to pass it right in the, right in the beginning of the season this year. So at the end of May, in the beginning of June, we were all able to apply for our industrial hemp growth licenses cure our seeds, get our land, do everything that we kind of needed to do to really get moving forward in the cannabis sector. So we may not be able to grow full THC cannabis, but we are able to grow low THC, high CBD cannabis. So the plants that you see here will be about 2 to 3% THC and about 19% CBD. This is a watermelon box strain and we have 500 female plants ready to go into flower.
2: That sounds awesome. So we always start with, with a with a kind of quote of the day, um, and we're just going to read that out, and we just want you to tell us what you think about the quote.
0: So the quote is, Black people have a history in regenerative agriculture that is not circumscribed by slavery, sharecropping, and tenant farming. We have tens of thousands of years of history innovating and coming up with dignified solutions uh, to solving hunger in our communities without destroying the plant. Leah Penniman, co-founder and co-director of Soul Fire Farms.
1: What do you think about that? Well, I love that. And I think it throws passion into everybody's hearts right now. <laughs> totally does. <laughs> um, we come from a community that's been directly affected by agriculture as labor. There's very few black and Latino farmers in the United States where generationally, my grandfather was a farmer fisher, fisherman on the island he came to America in the 50's taught my father to go to school and get a good education my father entered the workforce following that my father taught me go to college, get a good education join the workforce Yeah. Um, I did that for 15 years I didn't necessarily see where that was the, the right way of doing it the american dream the american dream (laughs) so i decided to get back to my agricultural roots and my great-grandfather was a farmer my grandfather was a farmer my father is a accomplished mechanic and um i'm a farmer Mm -hmm. so in the last four generations seems like this has been in our blood but for the last hundred years we've been told to stay away from that. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And now we it's coming back around because now people are going back to to growing food and, and learning about how can we take care of the planet better because there's going to be a big climate march coming up. Oh yeah. Uh, um next um next Friday this Friday. This Friday, this this Friday. Friday um it's going to be a big climate march in New York City. Yep. Um so people are, are waking up to to going back to to the old ways but it's always been in our DNA. It's it has, always been. The history has been has been taken away mm-hmm. and I always say you know it's an old saying that the history is always told by the by the oppressor not by the oppressed that's right so the 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 lens that we view it is always by the people that's imposing their um their laws on us
1: we take the the idea of agriculture here in America and we see it as the stereotypical farmers only.com crew
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know that it's it's a little bit more washed to uh, where we don't necessarily see the labor. But if you walk around the farm, you'll see that labor is very much South American, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very much uh, mi gente, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? That's it. So now to be on the other side of it, walking into a farm with landowners and getting talked to in Spanish,
3: mm-hmm. because I
1: speak Spanish.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I walk in, I'm able to speak with people. I was on a farm last week, uh, and it's silly. But it, it's I was on a farm last week. I drive up, I meet the two landowners. They each own a ton of land, meeting them for the first time. Walk up, the lead farmhand is there. His name is Guillermo, <laughs> all right? So I'm talking to Guillermo. We're talking back and forth. He's telling me about the hemp plants and everything. I walk up and I say, hey, how's it going? And I meet the owner of the farm. He goes, oh, you were talking to Milton. Mm. I said, how long has Milton worked for you? He goes, Milton's worked for me for 15 years. I said, Milton's name is Guillermo.
0: Get the heck out of here. Oh,
2: sh- he didn't even know. Yeah.
1: He and he was him. working there for 15 it was just, years. That's Milton. He's always responded to Milton. He's always, that's Milton. Are you serious? He's ne- It's Milton. I and said, uh I just oh.
0: met him and he's like, my name's Guillermo.
1: Yeah, I little mean, things. Uh, it's culturally, those are named like my name is Luis. How often is my name Luis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But and I make that very clear these days. My name is Luis. Yeah. It's a different pronunciation. It's
2: me. I'm Dominican, and they they're trying to say Hector. I say no. My name is Hector. Hector. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I shouldn't be saying my name on <laughs> <laughs> the podcast,
1: but it's all right. You got an edit button. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, so we'll bleep it. Yeah. Freedom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And I think that's one of the things that we talk about often, too. It's, you know, even the pronunciation of our last names. Oh, yeah. And it's always like, oh. And I, going to school here in the States, you hear, oh, I'm not even going to try that. That's going to be too hard. And it's exactly. Like, no, you try. try it. It's trying, okay. Go like, ahead. Stumble, <laughs> like, you know, and I, I like,
1: appreciate that exactly. more. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, I had a whole bunch of Polish and, like, German teachers growing up and, you know, some of those Polish names with consonants yeah. next to consonants after, yeah. you know, 13 letters, and I had to say, I was never Miss P, right? It had to be the full last name, and then, you know, it would come to my last name, I would just be like, oh, oh, They no. dismiss
1: it. That's yeah. too-
0: we'll just call you Miss G, okay? And yeah. I was just like, yeah. It
1: switches it up a little bit.
0: Absolutely, yeah. but it's a level of respect, too, that that's intrinsic yeah. in that,
2: you know? So getting into that, so how, personally, how you got into the business, the why and and. And how, how you got into this And if you can tell us a little bit of your of your story If you have any story If you've been affected <laughs> by the cannabis By the, by the um, um, war on drugs um, That we so see as in the a United youth, States
1: Yeah, so as a youth Growing up in New York City I grew up in Brooklyn, New York Okay, um, shout out to Brooklyn Shout out to Brooklyn <laughs> um, uh, I was in the I was in New York City I went to high school in Spanish Harlem 9-11 happened while we were in high school uh, we New Yorkers, urban New Yorkers grew up seeing this plant everywhere yeah. it was It was a commonality that we knew during that time in the 80s, 90s and the early 2000s as that the opioid academic as everybody's calling it nowadays, we knew exactly what was going Mm -hmm. on. That was the homie on the corner that was begging that we saw it firsthand. We saw what and cocaine and heroin was doing to our communities that people are now talking about it. We We saw what was happening when Pfizer was giving out Oxycodone to everybody and they were just prescribing it to the masses and then we saw it turn into heroin we saw the crack and cocaine uh, epidemics happen in our communities these are us growing up as urban youths we saw cannabis nobody ever thought cannabis was bad why? because we saw everything else that was going on And, and,
2: and the worst thing that you can do is <laughs> smoke weed. If I'm smoking Go that, get the munchies. If, if, if that's all I can, if that's all I'm doing, I'm good. That's how. That's my mentality yeah. growing up. Exactly. In, in in my in Manhattan when yeah. I grew up, it was yeah. like
1: you know just get the munchies. That's it. And when you do grow up in an area that's completely engulfed in that community, my father, you know, God bless his heart. Back in the day, back in the oh, he smoked. Well, he ain't gonna kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> Smoking a little bit of weed, he ain't gonna kill himself, you know, that, that's, that's so that's just how that journey goes, so as a youth, we were around it, get into high school, get pulled out, you know, getting off the train, in New York City, they're allowed to search your, to search stop your and bags, and frisk, stop and frisk, yeah. the whole very, very aggressive police styles that were going on back in the 80s and 90s on the Giuliani's ring, um, you know, you urban, kid coming back from Manhattan into Brooklyn after school with a dub bag in his pocket Mm -hmm. you know the cops stop you you end up getting locked up real quick with a promise to appear and it affects your entire life because now your college
2: career you're you're not going to be able to get the federal grants that you can get because you have a conviction over a plant that's now being known as a a healer so even though we knew it was a healer because a lot of our people suffer from from PTSD oh, yeah. from the abuse, so we needed to smoke something, yeah. you know, just to deal being in
1: the hood. Smoke ingest, jazz, <laughs> rub on topicals. Uh, cook, can't babe. cook, bake. <laughs> Cannabis is, is taken in so many different ways that sometimes we move away from that stigma of just the the ignition of the combustion, the combustibility portion of it. Um, we have. Are baby boomers who are rubbing it on their knees and their yeah. ankles, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. let me get that cream. Hold
3: yeah, on, yeah, run yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> now, I mean, I got my mom now hooked yeah. on it on the CBD, so yeah. now she
1: because she has lupus, so she now is using it. It's anti inflammatory yep. properties, a nice topical can really help the lupus, yeah. And yep. that's what we're growing here. So, as you come in here, you see 500 plants, like, this is not. There's not one or two here. I had to move seven so we could yeah, put yeah, a seat yeah. down. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and these plants are going to be grown to help heal the nation. So, I mean, what is yeah. the
2: process from seed to grow for the for the hemp plant?
1: The the hemp cannabis plant has a very interesting lifestyle. Your a uh, life cycle. You're able to start with a seed. June first from that seedling giving it its watering nutrients it'll start to grow into a uh, germinated seed and into a seedling uh, about six inches tall that plant starts to grow for another four or five weeks and you start to look at the plant and see how it's growing is it growing multiple tops if it's healthy is it a nice dark green a lighting yellow you make sure that the soil is healthy and then that would enter into its flower stage and the flower stage is what you see in front of you right now this is week one of flower this strain is an eight week flower to maturity so from right now for the next eight weeks we will continue to make sure that there's a preventative measures for pests preventative measures for disease we'll continue to water on a continuous cycle will allow the plant to dry out and not be oversaturated. During that time, we'll remove some of the outside fan leaves to create airflow and more light penetration into the plant. As the plant starts to reach the week 6, 7, and 8, we'll send it out for testing uh, in compliance with the state agricultural program. From there, they'll be able to tell us what our THC and CBD contents are, as well as if there's any hard metals or uh, microbiologicals inside the plant which makes it safe for human consumption after we get the go-ahead from the state we're going to harvest the plant and we're gonna do that by chopping the bottoms and chopping the top colas off the top colas are used for a more boutique product for CBD flower the rest of the plant is going to be extracted into CBD oil those are the side branches and that will be dried as well mechanically uh, with through a large drying process then the stalks of the plants are going to be dried and then hammer milled into a hemp hull and fiber. Those are both separated. The fibers are then sent to be used to make bags and other type of fabric style materials. The hull, the inside of the hemp stalk, is used to make hemp cream. Then the hemp plant cycle starts all over. So after we harvest, we'll start another round of seeds. The process from start to finish is about five months, and then another month for whatever set of processing, and then out to the masses.
2: Okay, and does it matter the nutrients that you use?
1: Uh, I use a blend from a company called Meg's Fertilizer. They've been awesome, and they've sent me a bunch of uh, great fertilizer, so to test it out on this hemp crop, and it's been doing really well. So next year, we'll more than likely be using Meg's Fertilizer as well.
0: All right. um, what do you use for prevention of like infections or disease or for pests and stuff
1: so I use a microbiological called uh, fish shit
3: that's
1: okay. literally the name of it <laughs> fish, shit. fish shit spelled with an exclamation point versus an eye <laughs> okay. um, they're a great company they're, the microbiologicals are awesome, it goes right into my injection feeder and then it creates a living environment in the soil so that the plant doesn't get Sick. Ultimately, mm, yeah. um, then we use praying mantises as natural biologicals, and the praying mantises and ladybugs uh, keep down on harmful uh, insects. So, natural, good, positive nature is what we're using to keep the plant healthy,
2: and that's right. that's what matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so let, let let's get into that. So, how many what we seeing right here? How many plants are you got, and, and what so do you have growing here?
1: We have we have eight week old watermelon box, which is a strain that's high CBD, low THC. So this will be a full spectrum plant and full spectrum extract. So if you're in the store and you're looking for some type of CBD or CBG or a hemp related product, there's, there's CBD isolated only. You'll also see full spectrum, which includes some THC. And you'll see broad spectrum, which only includes the CBD portions and none of the THC Delta-9 cannabinoids. Um, that's your store label reading lesson for the podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so these plants will be going to um, three different companies. So shout out to Present Naturals. Shout out to Henry J's. You'll be able to find this product between those two companies. Ship nationally and internationally, hopefully soon. Uh, Canada has opened up its trade agreements with international hemp, with uh, industrial hemp. So, going between Canada and the US makes it international trade, which is a huge step for the cannabis industry. Um, Because you can figure anything that's going to start in hemp is going to easily translate right to cannabis. Because that 0.3 distinction is just an arbitrary number that, depending on where it's voted, it can be higher. If you go to Atlanta, it's 0.5 go to Florida it's 0.7 so depending on your state that that idea that can't that hemp is weed light or diet cannabis you can kind of start to really see that
2: so So how is how important it is to know like where your kind where your hemp oils come from
1: Uh, knowing the source of your CBD derived hemp or knowing the source of anything you're taking goes a really long way on some of our farms, you can actually walk up to the farm stand and get some of the corn that we've picked, get some of the cucumbers that we've pickled. Uh, you can get some lettuce right out of our fields. On top of that, you're able to get a CBD tincture that the CBD was grown right on the farm. So being able to walk into your favorite store, or your favorite location, or your favorite head shop, or glass shop, or even your medical dispensary, or your doctor's office, and get being able to pick up an over-the-counter low thc high cbd tincture in organic hemp oil goes a very long way so i'm very excited that we're able to have that locally produced so same way you would do with your food think about it for your hemp or your cannabis
2: so how did the farm get formed and you have partners how... No. Nope.
1: so so this is me currently uh i am i was very excited to work with a great advocacy group to get into the ad- information um, we're working with that group to hopefully open up some things in the Latin American culture in Latin American countries Yeah, because these groups are focused on Latin American countries currently So we have a project going on in Colombia. We have a project going on in Mexico and we have a project going on in Puerto Rico
2: That's awesome.
1: Um, so Connecticut is kind of our proof of concept. So as we are here um, We'll grow this Then I get to work with the awesome farmers. So this nursery here produces uh, ground covers and, and other type of annual plants that people can purchase. As the the farm owners get a little bit more into their age and get a little older and look forward to retirement, the owner of this location is hopefully looking to retire next year, Okay, where he's not going to be growing anything else, and this is what we're going to do. We'll continue to lease the property from him, and he will enjoy being able to have his retirement funded by industrial hemp. Okay, so So
2: when it becomes legal, are you guys moving to TAC, or are you just going to be strictly hemp?
1: So when we cross that bridge, we will cross that bridge, but I am definitely looking forward to the adult-use recreational marketplace and whatever space that we can kind of get into it for. Um, If they give us the option for sun-grown, I will definitely integrate a field of sun-grown.
2: Okay, what's
1: sun-grown? Sun-grown is the nicer term for outdoor weed okay we cannabis that's grown under the sun okay um because if the adult market does come in i'm not necessarily going to jump into the greenhouse immediate brand new greenhouse thousands of dollars in lighting we're set up for a boutique outdoor grow to produce great plants so we would produce a great thc plant grown under the sun and cared by the family that's living on the farm
2: okay so when the bill gets passed for legalization um recreational use how do you see weapon farm creating equity in communities that's been negatively negatively affected by the war on drugs
1: so that's a huge thing for me because i sit and i sit in a room and i will listen to 15 people yell that there's no equity and then i'll look over and say That's where we have to take our shot and our chance and kind of take what we want. It's not necessarily an ask. Uh, I saw an avenue. I didn't wait for somebody to necessarily say, well, this is the the avenue that you can take. I kind of built it and ran with it. And then from that, I continue to do that with everybody who's looking to move forward on themselves. My entire staff is... From the urban community,
3: okay.
1: Um, I do a lot of education to help educate the community. I have focused on bringing hemp and cannabis to the urban culture versus shying away from it. It's where I'm from. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah, I live in New Haven. We, I'm, I live in the quote unquote urban yeah, environment. Urban areas that, of Connecticut, exactly. And it's, <laughs> I, and as we're having this conversation back and forth, you know. It's the normal people that I've been with my entire life that are like, well, I have never knew how we could... Do it. Well, let's do it. If you want to grow hemp and you're looking for a way to do it in Connecticut, reach out to me. We'll put you in contact with a landowner that's looking to lease his land at a fair price. We'll make sure that we get you through the background process without having too many hookups yeah, yeah. or surprises. A lot of times, it's the willingness for somebody to take the time, the 15 minutes, to say, this is what happens. I've gone through it. Don't be scared. You're good. And and that goes the long way. And,
2: and a lot of uh, people in our communities are scared to to even think about they, they're they going to be successful at a business, at an industry that is seen to be just white. Yeah. So they're scared to even go and ask those questions. They have great ideas, but, but they're even scared to go and, and, and think that they're going to be successful in it.
1: And then that, how many people on the other side of that token are going to be willing to share their knowledge with people yep. from our community? Yeah. Yeah. That's another big thing. That barrier. I've had to break that barrier every single time I've had a conversation with somebody. Because they immediately look at me and I have to understand, no, we're all on the same page. We're opening this up. Let's keep an open mind. But there were 50 no's (laughs) before there was a yes. one yes. So that's one thing that I have to stress. People from our community have to understand there's going to be 50 no's before there's a yes other communities it's not as hard yeah it's if you look different it's it, yeah, not that hard yeah
2: um so so how do you how do you navigate the the camp the hemp industry as a
1: latino man well what do Completely you see the barriers different than everybody else <laughs> <laughs> how is that how is that um the way i believe we navigate this realm as a latino is we inject our sabor okay El sazon. El sazon. Un poquito de sazon. Um, and that's because the passion that we have for everything in the world. We have a passion for life. Being a Latino, that fire is bred within us from the days we were born, from when our mother and fathers have just a little bit of salsa marengue bachata, cualquier, you know, playing, and that's just always there. You're getting that little bit of. You know? And that that kind of builds up in your soul and your body. And when you get to see these plants dancing in the wind right now, you know, just right now, they're just dancing in the wind. Just chilling. Imagine. Imagine what's going on where somebody else may not look at it and may not think, oh, they're dancing.
2: Yeah.
1: I think they're dancing. I think they're breathing. They They're talking to us right now. (laughs) (laughs) They're singing that merengue right now. (laughs) That's right. And we get to walk through. I play music for my plants. I... It's happy stuff. You know, he, all of our, everything we do is happy usually. Even even as we travel through adversity, we've always been taught to do it with a smile on our yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's... To take it is. in
2: and, 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 and be humble. That's just, right. Just put your head down and you'll and you and you'll strive.
1: You will. Put your head down, put the grind work and, and it'll make it happen. And for the last couple of years, that's all we've done. And now, being able to actually see these plants grow i think we're in a uh we're in a happy phase we're putting out the happy energy the happy vibes um and with that all the adversity kind of lessens. so as we navigate this space we're already riding in this high yeah people are like why are you so happy because I'm doing what and I because love Because I'm alive I yeah. woke up Gracias a Dios I got, I, I'm doing what I love
2: I come I come to my job And I see this beautiful women That's right Looking and, at
1: me You know And <laughs> I've had Other cultures look at me And say Well you call them women Yeah They're, they're female plants They're beautiful No There's that's a just flight. a plant That's just a plant That's just It just You know at the end We sell it And then we And, and then we get our money And then we'll start that's a new it. crop And then that's it And that's the difference about being a Latino or a person of color. We have that love and appreciation for things. And we don't look at them as just a a dollar sign or something to just push the chain along. We look at them as living beings. This is nature. Coming out here today, we're not in the office. We're not in the studio. You're breathing fresh air. (laughs) With the plants. With the plants, you know? So... It goes a long way So what type of music You play For your plant? Oh man We play everything from I play all types Of Spanish music And then my So salsa Bachata These ladies love Marc Anthony (coughs) So we're gonna Juan Luis get her (laughs) So they're doing The whole thing The little aventura Okay Um, We had to bring it Back to the Bronx A little bit and then as silly as I'm a big Frank Sinatra guy oh okay so you know that throws back to the gentleman days because we're you're romancing the plants <laughs> yeah um, you, you're making them feel good so they can right. grow happy and we make jokes because I go places and I, I went and I bought a hat I, got, I, I my wife goes what, why'd you buy a hat and I said it's my ranchero hat I'm a farmer now <laughs> yeah. I can I can go to to my plants and That's and, and right. I got to look the... I got to look right for my yeah. plants. And that's the most exciting thing about this is the love, the fire, the yeah. passion that we have as Latinos. When we enter a room full of non-Latinos, they don't understand that. They don't understand the happiness. They don't understand the joy. They don't understand the 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 smile and the passion for life that we have, that we bring into the plant, that we now bring into business, that we now bring into our relationships. Yeah. A lot of times people will come into this community and not understand that it's not just business. It really is a community. It's about interpersonal relationships. It's about, are you able to work with the next person? This is still an emerging industry that's for the mainstream let's just for the mainstream (laughs) it's an emerging industry for everybody ultimately it's still cannabis yeah hemp cannabis we're going to the same places we're speaking about the same things we're talking to the same growers we're all working together i go up to massachusetts and they're allowed to grow thc and cbd so now on the same farms they have 10 acres of cbd and 20 plants of thc because that's all they need yeah. You only need 20 THC plants because that's that that'll suffice and that'll cover your farm bills.
2: So so how how much is um 10 plants of THC? How, how much um, bud would you get with 10 plants?
1: So space wise, space wise is the best way to describe it. The department, the DEA, the U.S. federal government um, did a study and they found that in a 10 by 10 space, they can grow five pounds of, mar- of marijuana cannabis. Okay. That's a very safe number. That in a 10 by 10 space. You can multiply that by everything, but five pounds of... Uh, I mean, I just
2: need 10 plants. Right. That's it. <laughs> that's all I
1: need. That's it. Um, but once we get the, the rights to grow, you know, we we offer education as well. You'll be able to come to the farm, check the plant out, see how it goes. And I do that for free for our community.
2: Okay. That's, you know, that's big we're not,
1: time. We're not necessarily looking for ways to generate profit from our own community. What we're looking to do is help spread knowledge. So if somebody from from our culture, from our people, from, from anywhere ultimately, and you're looking to better yourself and gain more knowledge, and I know we were talking a little earlier, you have other organizations that are doing that, um, I'm very excited to work with them in the future to yeah. help get some people in
2: women of color and cannabis They were asking me about you know, how can they get shout out to with you. Yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out to yeah. women. Shout experience. out to them yeah. uh, They was asking me how can they work with you, too So they can um, start internships and send people from from the city over here to get yeah. um, to, to, to learn um, And to get uh, acquainted of how to grow um, the plant. So a question is how, how do you reach your customers? how like how can people get get your stuff
1: how how do you reach it so most of our client base is through uh social media we're partnering with a marketing company that's going to put out the billboards and kind of put out all of that marketing and as those rules are being opened up now by the state okay and nationally we have a distribution channel we've partnered with a large group that does um cbd distribution so any place that their products will be sold our products will be right next to it um uh, That was a great collaboration through the Minority Cannabis Business Association. So how do we reach the masses? We work with affiliated groups such as um, Minority Cannabis Business Association, Minorities for Medical Marijuana, the Cannabis Cultural Association, um, and hopefully some of the new organizations that we're meeting. Women Grow is another one, Elevate, New England. So if you're in any of these sectors, search out your affiliate group. Search if you're a woman of color, search for the women of color. If you'd like, also join the women's group, also join normal, also yep. join Join all of them. Join everything. Because yeah. <laughs> if there's nobody there representing you, why not represent yourself? Yeah. For sure. And a, then
2: if we if we want an equitable bill when it comes um, um recreational, we need to get involved. We oh, need to be in to. all those spaces and, and make our presence felt because I, I've been to the cannabis expo and that was like full of full of snow. And that was a few drops of chocolate. Like, <laughs> there was a few drops
1: here and there.
3: You know what it's I'm saying? It's social it,
1: equity groups. Yeah, you know <laughs> like, when you go to those conferences, tickets yeah. are like $500. Yep. Yep. The, yes. the booth space is like $15,000. It's big business. And you're it talking is. big business. And it's very easy to get lost when you're, when you're grassroots, when you're small business, when you're mom and pops, when it's just, you know... Realistic with two people. Two people yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have these conversations on how we support small business and our small entrepreneurs such as ourselves. You know, with you guys, it's literally the two of you guys con bebé. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's car, do it. So that's very similar to what I have going on here. It's, you know, my wife, my brothers, my kids walking around. It's, all right, I got here this morning at 6 a.m., I was working in the field. I got rained on. I made sure to communicate with you guys. We're going to go do another radio show at one o'clock. We're going to. Uh, I have to go check out another piece of property at five o'clock. It's. It's work. Yeah, but, but you do it with a smile. And I'm happy to do it. And because I it, it's what you want to do. That's right. So. I, I tell everybody if they want to work in cannabis. Find what they're doing. Find what, how to integrate it in. If you guys are doing it now this is a great podcast i've i've become a fan i'm listening i appreciate following shout out follow on instagram or that. you know i know i know that this is gonna go out there and just keep going bigger and bigger and bigger and with me this is where we are we're grassroots too we have a couple of these places going on it's it's my hands getting dirty next year i'll be able to hire five or six people out of our community that means that it's not jobs going someplace else. It's not somebody who's doing the nepotism thing yeah. and I've got mm-hmm. eight nephews and yeah. it's all my family. Yeah. I'm actually able to offer something to people of our community who are pushing out and looking to do something. Oh, well, this is what I want to do. No problem. And this is a skill, resume. And this is the
2: skill that they can translate growing any any type of plant. It's a skill right. that you can translate to, to survive because that's like survival.
1: It is. And hemp it offers a great entry point. For members of our community who have been arrested and do have a record. Because federally, you can't work with medicinal cannabis if you have a, a cannabis-related felony or mm. misdemeanors. But with hemp, if you were incarcerated and you're looking to get into cannabis, industrial hemp isn't going to stop you as long as it's not a felony. Okay. So if you have a misdemeanor or if your felony was 10 years ago, you can you can enter the industrial hemp program and learn how to grow cannabis. That's so weba, that's, weba. Not, weba. that's that's, that's information the information that little, you're not gonna get anywhere yeah. else. That is not. That's the information people are not gonna tell you yeah, because no. they're trying to bar you from entering that's the industry. True. So what I say for 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 people that have been affected, nineteen years old. But this is people from my community. This is yeah. my brothers, my sisters. These are people I grew up with. This is me, nineteen years old, getting off the train, getting picked up for the bag. I don't know if that was a little more urban than the way we talk about it other, but that was when I was 19 years old, you get arrested for, for a $20 gram of marijuana that ruins your life and then and you, can, and, and you can't do anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. But now you come in and you're, you have the accessibility to work with the plant even though you have had some type of past and being able to work with people who understand that your past is the past and we grow that's the biggest thing and i believe in this culture and in this community the cannabis community understanding that we all grow from what we were mm-hmm. into something new is the biggest thing we're literally in a in a four-month turnaround we watch a seed turn into a fully finished bud mm. and if we can do that with a plant why can't we believe people can do that absolutely. yeah you know absolutely we got i like, my brothers get out of jail i want to be able to put them to work too yeah i want to create opportunities you know i want to be able to say listen take this trade you're going to be able to start your business you're going to be able to do whatever you want to do you're not going to be you're not going to have to worry about the man holding you down Mm -hmm. you just do what you got to do because you have a trade you have a skill you're worth something and as long as everybody understands that they are worth something and that we can empower ourselves to do what we need to do don't let the man hold you down man
0: and how better than the same thing that that got you in prison to begin with exactly see it from a completely different perspective on the other side of it oh
1: it's a big it's a big every day i'm like my father hated that i grew weed (laughs) 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 and now my father goes i'm very proud of you i'm you're right when i was 20 years ago when you were growing that stupid plant in the backyard i yeah, that was that was gonna be my next question How does your family feel
2: you, you you in this business now that it's been demonized
1: uh, so my parents are very proud of me they're very they're very very my family is very supportive i'm very happy to say that everybody is very supportive of what we're doing um we're licensed by the state we're moving forward for national licensures we're we're on the we're on ahead of the bell curve in the cannabis industry um so we're very excited about the possibilities for the future.
2: It smells good, man. I just yeah, you get smell a nice whiff. I took smell it smelling there, but yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: the cannabis industry is in its infancy, and even in its infancy, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah. Imagine when this industry really blows, blows up. up. This is the first five years, realistically nationally. Once this industry hits that that fifteen, sixteen-year maturity mark. It's going to be saturated. It's going to be 10x, 100x of what it is now. And it's and, and you're not going to get information like this. Oh, no. Anywhere else but Blue Dream nah, Radio. That's right. Blue you know Dream is so bringing it right to the people. To,
2: keep listening to it. But to and get, you're get in gonna get right all, now. To yeah. get in
0: before it gets too saturated. Before,
2: yeah. before you get into, like, uh, uh, what is it, Bitcoin. That after, <laughs> like, after how many years, everybody want to jump in and it's like, that it's is too a, late.
1: That's a great <laughs> analogy. Like, <laughs> So a cryptocurrency is another one of my things, you know, and anybody who's getting into crypto now and buys Bitcoin, you're so far <laughs> away. away from what you're ever going to, like if you go in now, you're looking for something like, um, so in the cannabis realm, we have, we do cryptocurrency as well. So Coin, M-O-T-A coin.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, Mota. yeah.
1: And it's out of California and they're, they signed up a bunch of dispensaries and you're able to earn and win and do everything with these cryptocurrencies depending on whatever platforms they are on. So, now, imagine agriculture, technology, distribution channels all getting tied together. Yeah, we're growing cannabis, but alright, we can't pay for it with cash, so we now implement a cryptocurrency system yeah. So an ancillary service is now involved in cannabis. Yeah. So this is now a payment distribution style system that doesn't have to touch the plant. So they get to grow, they get to become, um, they get to become successful. They get to push what they need to do, and then that goes and works with another style of business that has nothing to do with the plants. It these are people now programmers programmers yeah. aren't they're they're working in their own office in a different place they're nowhere near the farm you don't farm. have to
2: touch the, the, the plant at that's all that's
1: right and you can still very much be involved in and make money and make money and I hope that you guys grow this podcast to the point where somebody says we want to sponsor it throughout yeah, the world and
2: I yeah. mean, we, we, we got a few sponsorships from Presto Doctor. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so
3: shout, out they, to, shout
1: out to the sponsors. Yeah, we shout sponsors. out to
0: Presto. We, pro- we definitely do need sponsors, <laughs> so thank you for that little shout
1: out. No, because, you know, a lot of times, our, uh, being Latino and people of color from the hood, sometimes people forget you got to pay the bills. Yeah. Yes. You know, and we love doing for our community, but... When you go into the mainstream sector of it, they are not shy. They no. are not shy in saying this costs money. I have to pay, pay my me. bills, <laughs> and you have to pay me. Yeah, yeah. When we work in a smaller home home business, mom and pop style, where it's more of our urban culture, we're so used to the soft benefits of helping people yeah. out because we're net we weren't raised in that realm. I remember growing up, if I needed something, I'd be able to barter or trade or work it. At- oh, oh, you need this. Come and do the dishes for a month over at the restaurant, and I'll make sure that you always got lunch or something. Mm-hmm. It's those soft benefits and ways of getting by that we've always had to do. Yeah, we try to bring that to that mainstream, and it's never really received so easily mm-hmm. <laughs> because you'll get handed a bill with the quickness.
0: go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, capitalism, right? So you're okay, talking that's about one hundred percent, very like communal. The way our communities have always. Have always, always functioned, mm-hmm. which is I'm not going to pay you an actual like currency, whomever made up that currency, but instead come up with some other form of you need something, I have it, I'm going to give it to you. The, it's value, it's the barter
1: cultures, it's that community lifestyle. They say, and this was something big when we were growing up, I believe. Uh, generationally, it takes a community, it takes the village to raise a child versus an individual. Mm-hmm. And now we've gotten away from that. You know, I remember back in Brooklyn. I could run up and down the block, and Doña Carmen from down the block would tell me, yo, no, I'm gonna tell your mother," and I knew she would tell my mother. That yeah. was that wasn't a question. They'll spank you, and then your mom yeah. be like, "What? What, what were you What'd doing?" You do? <laughs> What'd you do? What'd <laughs> exactly. like, you do? Exactly. Next time, feeding. don't do it. Exactly. I'm like, "Mami, Doña Carmen, hit me." <laughs>
0: I'm about to hit
1: you. you, do? you do? Exactly. <laughs> and then she'll hit you. That's right. Like, oh, and, you
0: need to learn. And then, then. <laughs> wait for your father to come and home. And then wait for Bobby to come home. <laughs> um, I have a question. I yes. I think you mentioned it earlier on about hemp cement. Yes. So you said that So the the actual leaves are this, they go off somewhere and then you convert the stalks into cement. So can you talk about that?
1: Of course. So, one of the big things that we're super interested here is sustainability. So, the hemp plant itself is super sustainable and carbon negative. So, being able to remove... Uh, Say that again, carbon Carbon one? negative. Okay. So, being able to remove... Um, to being able to remove uh, contaminants and carbons from the air and soil that the plant's being grown in, and then being able to use in construction to help give the building a more green rating goes a long way. So, we have... Concrete blocks that we're using in here because hempcrete isn't necessarily being used right now as we transfer that the stalks The part that you can't actually turn into oil or smoke That stalk is has been in the past used to just compost and read put more nutrients into the ground But now construction companies are going to be able to take the stalk hammer it down Add the components to mix it all up with water and get a block that's half as light Twice as strong mm-hmm. and fire resistant. Oh, wow. that was my, that was
2: gonna be my next question about yeah.
1: the fire resistance. So this this block now is made from the stalk of the hemp. That's crazy. It's you can literally put a blowtorch on it for an hour and ne- and it won't disintegrate. It won't go any place. Mm-hmm. It'll be a little charred, but it won't. You won't have any damage to it. It's carbon negative, so it now makes the building green. So for construction application on com- on the commercials uh, scale. They have to make sure that the building doesn't have a negative carbon. Uh, the footprint for the actual building for its carbon output isn't too high to hurt the environment. So this actually makes the building more eco-friendly. Um, it makes it cheaper to build the building. It makes it easier to get it places. So. Think like after the hurricane season comes and all the buildings are knocked out in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. What's going on now in Bahamas and in Puerto Rico last year, you can take hemp, which only takes six months to mature and get an entire forest versus where if you had to grow oak trees, you'd have to wait 25 years Mm. before the oak tree matured, hardened, and you're able to build out of it. So we take this plant, mull it down, combine it, and then we're able to grow, build, and make buildings within a year.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's great because now small business owners that own construction companies, now they can have an entry point oh, yeah. into the cannabis industry that they might have not thought that they had an entry point. Now well, they, they have an entry point. And they, so many to entry points. The and
1: they don't have to touch the plant.
2: They don't have to test the plant at all.
1: And it opens the avenue for those construction and building companies that have, if you have one cement mixing truck, yeah. you can have a hempcrete truck. Mm. There you go, blue. <laughs> your radio station just gave somebody a free idea because <laughs> yeah, sure. there's not, there's really not. It's going to be a big business. Yeah,
2: I mean tiny hemp houses. I've been following them. Oh, so that's a great, been,
1: that's a great uh, account to follow. There, it's a yeah. great industry. They're all over New England. They were in New York last mm. week, I believe, for a uh, at a hemp farm doing a hemp opening that they had the governors at, and so that's a pretty cool. That is a cool looking house. Yep, it's a mobile house. <laughs> It was. It's a tiny house, I believe, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. really cool that that it's built out of hemp, man. Uh, BMW has their their i model is fourteen percent hemp as well. Wow, I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, so, they had it at the Dropping last... knowledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say WEPA. from. Uh, That's from it, from... <laughs> Wepa. How did you 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 hear that expression a lot here, <laughs> oh, don't <yeah>. you? <laughs> <laughs> so WEPA is just that term of excitement that we've always grown up with, and I just. Being able to come in, I walk in this door, open the door, and I go, Web- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> beautiful plant. Look Well, look at you beautiful. ladies. Yeah. What's going on here? What?
2: <laughs> what was the first time you smoked,
1: and how was that high? Like, what, what you smoked, and how old were you? That's awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. My, I have one of the best uh, first time ever smoke stories. <laughs> so, we, I was, it was my 16th birthday. Okay, 16 years old. I had four homies back in the day. Went to high school. Everybody's from back in Brooklyn. We're eat, we're in East New York. So if you're from New York City, this we on the J train, okay? Yes. J train. We got on. I had a buddy. I was turning 16. I said, "Yo, your older brother knows where we can get some weed, right?" <laughs> he was like, "Yo, we don't smoke weed." I said, "We do now. <laughs> it's, my <16th laughs> it's my 16th birthday. We do today." And uh, my three buddies were like, "No, no, no, that's not." And I completely peer pressured them. Well, nobody had to. They were like, "Oh yeah." I said, "We're smoking weed today. We're gonna go smoke weed. We're cutting school too, guys." <laughs> so, so you know. Yeah. So they were like, "No, no, no." And I completely peer pressured my three other friends and their older brother, who picked up the bag for us and brought it back. We're, we now jump on the J train and we go down to Queens. Two exits. Queens, wherever. <laughs> <laughs> so we get into Queens, and uh, there's a pool hall there. There's a so on Jamaica. There's a um, it was a uh, costume store uh, called Ruby's. and it's still there to this day. They do large costumes. It's right okay. by the train. Train passes by. There's a pool hall right around the block. It's a uh, Caribbean pool hall. So yes. Jamaican, Haitian, Rastafari, and income. The Puerto Rican and Guyanese kids. (laughs) Because my friends were Guyanese. Okay. So now we're in there. Nobody knows. This is (laughs) pre-YouTube. Okay? Pre-YouTube. I peer pressured my friends into smoking, so nobody knows how to smoke. (laughs) Pre-everything. Nobody know how to roll. Nobody, that's what I was getting. (laughs) (laughs) So, first time we smoked, I got a bag of weed, and I got two Dutch Masters. And we all look at each other and go, What's what that? are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I believe children, they don't start smoking weed like that anymore. Because nobody says, oh, if you find the weed and the Dutch, oh, what are we going to No, the kid's not going to know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, what am I going to do, lick it? <laughs> not gonna get high. So we had a Dutch, two of them, no idea what was going to happen. First Dutch comes open, I destroy it. Uh, Absolutely destroy this thing. There we're was there. no YouTube. Nothing. No YouTube. I said, "What <laughs> that was, was I the supposed to tutorial do?"
0: Of any sort, we're yes. in the
1: back of a pool hole. Everybody's watching us, trying to see what we're doing. I'm hiding in the court, trying to figure this out. I'm like, "Listen, I'm gonna figure it." So we break. I break down the 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 cannabis, and I the second Dutch, I two step it. So if you're from the hood and you understand what yep. that means, you unravel the yep. outside and then split the yep. inside. And this is a dutch it's a really big one so we put the entire dub sack in there and i roll and i'm like i can't get it closed i don't know what to do now i lick the damn thing up now it looks like this little baseball bat <laughs> and they were like yo you i thought you were supposed to get more than one out of that bag and i said no I'm just got one <laughs> Let's. Smoke i guess we got a big one whatever <laughs> so inside the pool hall i sparked this dutch master up full of full of think it was like New York Sour D back then it was like it was the bag from the heights it had yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah, seeds yeah, yeah, yeah. in it a couple of little stems it's Brooklyn it's smelling like like you burned the house that's right a little bit uh, so now the, we're smoking chimneying up this pool hall the lady lets us play pool for 45 minutes while we're smoking that blood literally that's let us cool. smoke the whole blood finished up she flashed the lights hour was done we walked up front we were like Yo, I think I need another hour She's like Get out of here <laughs> With the whole night I was like Oh man Oh Yeah, she knew we were smoking Yeah <laughs> Cause you could smoke cigarettes In the back then And I was like Oh, they're smoking cigarettes It's hiding Nope So completely leave the pool hole With my three friends And you think of that scene From uh, Half Baked With Dave Chappelle. Yeah, 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 yeah Got the four guys walking out Yeah, yeah I don't know about you But the first time I ever smoked I got I got I got I was ripped. We're Now the three of us are walking through Queens, getting ready to get back to the train station. And we're like, we got to go home. <laughs> we take the train home, stop in the pizzeria, order a ton of food for 16-year-old birthday Lou. We got a whole pie, devour the pie, walk home. That's the best feeling. Oh, man. I sat down. My German shepherd's smelling my hands. My <laughs> father had a dog. He goes, smoking weed today? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I said, No. He goes, take your high cool. ass downstairs before your mother sees you. <laughs> That's cool. My father would have beat me with, yeah. with, with a, with a pole. My father rather you yeah. be an alcoholic than being yeah, yeah, yeah. a smoker. To yeah, make a parent, yeah so. I get you. Yeah, my father was like, go downstairs before your mother sees you because your mother's going to die. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Pop. <laughs> and it was an unspoken <laughs> word from ever since then. <laughs> Hi, mom. Yeah, that was hot. Sorry, be, that be, I, <laughs> sorry. I didn't. I've never told her that one. <laughs> but another
2: thing is, if you can smoke with anybody, who would you smoke with?
1: Dead or alive? Famous? Not famous? Oh man, um, that's one of those big ones. So I joke about it, but alive, I would love to smoke, and it's not just one. So it's got to be a cipher. All right, <laughs> Willie Nelson. Okay. Snoop Dogg. And Tommy Chong. Those are my three alive right now, and I want. And I, I truly believe this is obtainable. I have friends in the industry who have smoked with, <laughs> with each one of those individually and you, and you, or separate. You
2: can pull enough strings. <laughs> I'm gonna pull. Or
1: if you're listening now, you know who you guys are. Those strings will be pulled. I'm telling you, there's gonna be a dinner or something. I'm gonna get the three of you guys. I'm, I'm telling you, but that's what I would do. And it, that's such a great question, as you guys, just as. Reflecting back as you guys continue to talk to people, that question becomes much more realistic. Yeah, because at the next cannabis convention or even the freedom rally coming up, with those same strings that everybody has, you guys could be smoking with Snoop <laughs> for sure as a real thing. Yeah, last yeah. year, it was Red Man and Method Man and Dabbing Granny, where the three people and uh, Zarilla Bacon, she does yeah, yeah. the so it was Zarilla. Hardy, uh, Red Meth, and um, Dabbing Granny on the bus at the Boston Freedom Rally, and I'm passing blunts with them. Wow! Like that's like that was a dope day. moment. It was yeah. real dope. Yeah. I thought it was real dope. Yeah. I'm like, am I smoking? I'm smoking with Reggie. Here you go, Reggie. Here you go, man. Meth. <laughs> Hello, back in Brooklyn, we got the Wu going on hard. Huh? Right. All right, shout
2: out to Wu Tang.
1: Yeah. Shout out to the Wu. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're listening, one of the one of the places we do events in Massachusetts, the Wu Tang DJ group also does events. So I've okay. done things for them. So these are all super realistic. Where you're, as a kid from the hood, you're never gonna think. Never, about never yeah. would have thought exactly. about it. Kid from the hood smoking a blunt on the corner of the park. With, with red Redman and- yeah I never would have thought about it so <laughs> for sure for that's sure. what those are the that's who I would like to smoke with those three and just take in all the knowledge from when it was illegal cause that's who I think has the best stories those who smoked 30 40 years ago those guys got stories yeah for sure those I guys mean, got and, and stories when
2: it was not a, as as pretty as it is right now it was nasty back then yeah
1: it was rough yeah uh, we you know we joke about it and we Wait, see those movies with, like, Boston George. Yeah, Boston yeah. George is 75 now. He's the biggest pot smuggler in the country. chin chin That's right. Wepa. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was revolutionary movies right Revolutionary there. isn't the word. Those guys were in a, such a taboo space. And then to get corporate funding for it, mm-hmm. to be able to do large-scale movies. They're, those guys are famous now. Yeah. You know, Cheech Marin is is super mainstream he's doing no, like when he
2: went to jail like he he nobody touched him like Tommy chung went, yeah, yeah when, Tommy
1: chung everybody wanted to smoke with yeah, him yeah he <laughs> did concerts in this yeah. and they brought different people yeah. it was pretty cool it was locked up for a year they gave him a year and a day because it had to be a felony
2: yeah.
1: um for those who don't know if mm. you do cannabis or anything in this realm and you are arrested they have to serve they have to sentence you as a felon so you can't serve anything less mm. than a year and a day so to give the That's bare crazy. minimum Is a year in jail So always understand The the implications when working with this plant If you're not doing it under the right uh, r- Rules and regulations Because before I, got, I, you, <laughs> before I got my permit If I had these plants I'd be serving life mm.
3: wow. That
1: The only thing that changes My ability to grow this Is that permit
3: mm.
1: Literally a piece of paper from your governing body saying, I could grow this. Somebody wants to do this next to me without that permit, they're going, life. To, they're going to life. Life. That's crazy. For a plant that's... For a plant that's not doing plant. nothing.
2: Uh, and and, and it has so much medicinal purposes. That but the
1: federal government doesn't don't, care, they about don't give a damn. They care about that. They care about with money. Exactly. So, you know, so that's where the idea of mainstream versus having to grassroot it, you know? Yeah. So the mainstream community has always had those advantages kind of handed to them. We've had to... Bootstrap it yeah. and really make a push at it, you know. Yeah. So,
2: so now we're getting into our end. So, we just want to know how people can reach out to you. How can they, if they want to, you know, talk to you more about how oh, you yeah. grow your plant? Definitely. Um, uh,
1: so to reach me, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, website as uh, Vega Holdings LLC. Uh, still building all of it, so we'll we'll get that active links to you. But you can find me at Hemp Farmer Lou um probably linked off of all of your stuff at this episode so everything is gonna be on the on the link yeah so if you are interested in industrial hemp in connecticut or your home state i would love to come out and speak with you we'd love to give some information you know i'm not saying oh and this is like at my own cost i'm just love spreading the knowledge so Mm -hmm. if we can help spread the education places we invite you guys out there i would like to invite the invitation for the both of you guys to come to our education courses as well um here in connecticut if you can make it up here and then we have some in new york as well so we'll we'll have you guys come to there but you can find me at Luis at vega holdings llc.com for email that sounds great or web or or webupfarms.com yeah there
2: you go all right
0: thank you for your time
1: i appreciate you guys so much this is
2: blue dream radio this is
0: freedom And Leg signing out. All right. See you soon. Thank you, Luis. And thank you, Wapa Farms, for your time and giving us the opportunity to meet your beautiful plants. Dear listener, take a minute to rate and review us. Your voice matters. And guess what, Canafam? Our website is up and live. So check us out at bluedreamradio.com. Lastly, like we mentioned at the top of the show, we're featured on Connoisseur Magazine as a guest connoisseur. So we're super legit now. So head on over to Canasor Read our posts and other amazing articles curated by the folks at Canosaur Magazine. Have an awesome day and take care. Bye. Run your fingers down my spine. Elevation. Your medication makes me happy. Well, nice
1: Obsessed with your features. You got all